I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. I'm Fox. Look at me. I'm Fox. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. My foxy friend, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Hold on, let me let me seal this envelope real quick. I, I'm sending out a thank you letter to, in the mail tomorrow. I just I had to seal it real quick. It's to the King's front office for taking Bagley. Over Luca. <laughs> the baffled kings took Bagley over Luca. Hallelujah. 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 Everybody in the back, sing with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, just everyone with your eyes closed, just imagine, imagine that you're there in the throne room. <laughs> Eyes closed. No one look around. Raise your hand right now if you think the Kings made a mistake. No one look. No one look. Right now, I see a hand over I there. Hand, hand up. Hand we up. see a hand. Yeah, yeah. Come Hands to the front. Everywhere. Our ushers, our ushers will, will pray with you. Come to the front. We've led a couple worship services in our day. <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> All right. On to on today's show, we are going to break down the Mavericks one hundred and fourteen to one hundred and ten. Overtime win over the Sacramento Kings. The Mavericks can't play a game that's not crazy so far in the bubble. Two overtime games, the game against the the Suns that was wild too. They just can't play a normal game. So we're going to break down that game fully. You're going to hear from Rick Carlisle later about the execution in the fourth quarter and the clutch. Isaac, the Mavericks want a clutch game. They're clutch. What what is everybody talking about? They're the clutch Mavs. I mean, this is what they're known for. Being clutch. The clutch Mavs. So, yeah, the Mavericks came back, won this game. It was a comeback. The The Kings had the lead pretty much the entire game. So we're going to break that down. Um, yeah, we're going to get into it. Um, but before we do that, Isaac Harris, I have something to let you know. And this is not an ad. This is This is a real absolute statistic that a listener sent us. He knows who he is. Luka Doncic has more triple doubles. He has 16, which leads the league, by the way. The next is, I think, is LeBron of 13. Somebody else, I think, is 13, too. Maybe it's Jokic. Luka has more triple doubles than Marvin Bagley has played games this year. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Marvin Bagley has played 13 games this year. It doesn't seem like he's going to play in the bubble. Man. Wow. What a stat. (laughs) That is a stat. What a stat to start the pod. (laughs) I have I have one for you since you gave me a stat. Go ahead. The Mavs are one and zero in the bubble when JJ Barea starts. <laughs> yeah, like that had anything to do with it? <laughs> like that had anything to do with it? Just saying. I mean, uh, just saying. Oh man. So uh, also, let's just go around the league real quick. Wild stuff has been happening in the league. The the bubble has just been ripe with awesome games, close games, clutch games, weird teams beating other teams. The Rockets beat the Bucks a few days ago, so kind of feel better about the Mavericks losing to the Rockets, right? If they beat the Bucks, the Bucks are the you know best team in the NBA record wise. But the weirder one was that the Suns beat the Clippers on Tuesday. 
on a Devin Booker game-winning shot over Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So I kind of feel a little bit better about the Mavs losing this to the Suns because they've just beat the Clippers. Yeah, man, I'm happy for Monty Williams. And, I mean, they haven't lost any of their seeding games. So. Only West team. Yeah, and I mean, we all made jokes about about them before, but especially with Jaron Jackson Jr. going down, which I mean, Memphis had already started zero and three for their seeding games. But uh, I still like Portland to come out. I say to come out of the West, but to be the uh, the A <laughs> seed. Basically, it's a it's a race. I mean, even if Phoenix got into the A seed, they're getting swept. Memphis is getting swept. Um, New Orleans is probably getting swept. I think literally Portland's the only team that could win two games against the Lakers. Yeah, San Antonio's so. getting swept too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, just thought that that was interesting around the league. There's a couple games to watch out for, by the way, because since the Mavericks won, they are now two games back from the Thunder, and the Clippers lost, so they're now only one game up on the Nuggets. So games tomorrow, or games today, as you're listening to this on Wednesday, the Nuggets are playing the Spurs, so we want the Nuggets to win. Then they're only a half game back from the Clippers. Uh, to move up to that two seed and the thunder playing the Lakers on ESPN. So we want the Lakers to win Isaac. Do we? (laughs) (laughs) It only helps the Mavericks. And now, now Skylar and Dallas aptly pointed out if both of those things happen where the Mavericks pass the thunder and the, the nuggets pass the Clippers, then the Mavericks would just play the Clippers in the three, six matchup. But what I'm only saying is the probability of both those things just goes up and you want one of those two things to happen. You want either the Clippers to get passed by the nuggets or the Mavericks to pass the thunder in the standings. And both of them are seemingly possible. They're definitely mathematically possible. So, uh, but look out for both of those games on Wednesday. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the, the, Arguably the biggest game for the Mavericks comes, you know, Thursday when they play the Clippers because, you know, obviously you just said that they lost again. The Clippers lost to the Suns. They lost the first game of the seeding games to the Lakers. And if Dallas can go in on Thursday and beat the Clippers, that's three out of, you know, that's a one in three record for the Clippers in their first four seeding games. And if we can get lucky and Denver win a few more games, I, I just, I said this the other day, I think it's just too soon to say, Oh, lock in Dallas. They're playing the Clippers automatic. It's too soon. There's still, you know, roughly five games. I still think we're a couple of games, maybe four or five days away before we say guaranteed locked in who they're playing at what seed. Because I think especially in the back half of the seeding games, we just don't know exactly what teams are going to do. I mean, we even saw Rick Carlisle allude to it today about, and yeah. I think health is going to be the biggest things for these teams. So we could see some teams just setting people in some of the back half of those eight eight seeding games. Yeah, we're definitely going to hear from Rick Carlisle when he talks about that. He sort of alluded to what Isaac said, maybe their strategy towards the end of these seeding games. So, yeah, there's still hope. I, people are saying that they're essentially locked into the seventh seed. They're only two games back from the Thunder. The Thunder are 10 and 19 against teams over 500 this year. It's not like they were blowing the pants off of good teams this year. They just beat every single bad team that they should have beat, right? And so that's definitely something to watch with the Thunder. So watch out for that. Watch out for Nuggets, Clippers. Those are the, the real match matchups that the Mavericks have to watch out for for who they play in the playoffs and it could be the Clippers and it might end up being the Clippers you know odds are right now it will be but they could end up playing the Nuggets they could end up uh I I don't think they could play the Rockets at this point they would have to move up and the the Rockets would have to move Rockets are two games back from the Nuggets Mavericks are two games back from the Thunder both those two things would have to happen for them to play the Rockets 
in the playoffs. So it doesn't look like that's going to happen. It looks like it's either the Clippers or the Nuggets. Yeah, and the Mavs, I mean, you look at the Mavs next three games, and they have the Clippers, and then the Bucks, and then the Jazz. Uh, and then after that, they have Portland. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, well, this is if we want to say a gauntlet, a part of the schedule for the Mavs in these seeding games. You know, these next two ones, uh, two games are tough, especially for a Clippers team that will still be without Montrezl Harrell and Lou Will. You know, played today against the He's Suns, back. right? Yeah, and so um, Patrick Beverly though got got hurt, so we're not sure about his availability coming up. Ooh, I didn't know that. He only played eight minutes. Yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, and then yeah, Bucks after that, Bucks haven't really started off. Um, incredible! They're you know they've they lost again to the Nets yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, they only played their starters like you know a couple minutes. They played Giannis like eight minutes in the first quarter and a couple in the second, and then they sat them all. So, oh, I didn't know that. Never mind. Take that back. But it, it, in the box score, though, if you don't look at the minutes, it just looks like wow, the Bucks started all their starters and they lost to this Nets team that didn't have Karis Levert, <laughs> you know, Josh Harris, uh, or. Uh, Jerry Allen, which is just wild. <laughs> they won that Josh game. Harris. Some people were isn't winning like a bunch the, of money. Isn't Josh Harris like the owner of the Clipper or the Sixers? Who am I talking about? Harris? Jo- I think Joe. Joe Harris, sorry. <laughs> Josh, Joe, you know. Or is Josh the guy who wrote that book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye? <laughs> <laughs> what was that book on? Und- what was the. Uh, oh, man. There was a dating book everybody read in my youth group growing up. It was like Undateable. Oh, man, I can see the cover in my head. Anyway. Uh, I'll a guide think, to the purity ring. <laughs> written by the Jonas Brothers. Y'all are getting all the Christian jokes today. <laughs> I think half of our listeners get it, and the other half are like, uh, what are yeah, you guys like, talking screw about? Screw that. Let's talk about an actual win. All right, we're going to talk about that win coming up. We're going to get into the Mavericks win. We're going to break it all down. Luka Doncic, incredible, masterful triple-double. We'll talk all about that. Break it all down coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris. Start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today has an award-winning team of journalists that will bring you the latest analysis and insights into the trends that are shaping our world. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Axios Today. They had a great interview with uh, the president, by the way. They did. Also, say it with me, Isaac. (laughs) I'm ready. Sports. Person. TV. Sports Sports are are back. back. I've been waiting for this day since March, and now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind, mybookie.ag. Go to mybookie.ag, and you can bet on everything that's going on right now. Baseball games still happening. NBA games still happening. With mybookie, it's easy. You bet. You win. They pay. Uh and right now, if you're feeling good about your team's chances, be sure to check out MyBookie's World Series future bets. You can bet on your Rangers. You can bet on whoever you want to, you know, you think is going to go there. Probably the Yankees. I don't know any other teams that are good right now. Probably not the Marlins. <laughs> don't don't put any future bets. Don't put any future bets on the Marlins. Rangers. Nothing shows you that you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. Anything can happen. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking toward the future. In this case, that means basketball, hockey, football, anything. MyBookie is accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting than when sports is coming back right now. Join today and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%. So they'll match your deposit. You, you deposit, you know, 100 bucks. they'll match it 100%. And they'll also talk 
toss in a free $10 MLB future wager. So if you want to bet on your Rangers, you want to bet on somebody else, go ahead, free $10 wager. All you got to do is enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay, mybookie.ag. All right, Isaac Harris, let's break down this game because, uh, man, it was a rough one to start. The Mavericks uh, were down 10 after the first quarter. The the, the uh, Kings just could not miss from three. I mean, I think they hit like their first four or something like that. They were, they were just bombing from three. They were hitting them. They got a 10-point lead towards the end of the first quarter. And then the Mavericks sort of kind of came back in the second, tied it up. And then in the third quarter, the Mavericks let it go again. <laughs> in the fourth quarter, they took it back. And over time, they, uh, they took it back and took their, uh, I think, their first lead in overtime. <laughs> After- yeah, I think they led. They, they led, led the first for, quarter, and then they took their first lead after the first quarter in like overtime. Yeah, I think their total amount of points that or time that they led the game was like a little bit over two minutes. <laughs> the whole game, <laughs> and, and they end up winning. But yeah, that first half was rough. They must have had their purity ring on because they didn't score very much. Um, it was pure garbage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but no, uh, you know they went four of sixteen from three in the first half, and. I don't, however you want to read into this, like reasoning, but Rick played 11 players uh, in the first half. Uh, I feel like that's a, a decent amount of players to play in the first, but I think from the very beginning, we've seen a, we've seen a, a shakeup a little bit because uh, as you guys know, Seth Curry didn't play in this game due to his leg soreness. He was listed as doubtful yesterday or two days ago before the game. And we were kind of debating on like, who was going to start. Would they start DeLon to go against De'Aaron Fox? Uh, which I thought De'Aaron Fox, uh, I think he looks really good right now. But uh, I you think like the, outside... you like the, how the hair looks? <laughs> yes, but I, I I think he's improved his outside shot. But The book um, was called Dateable, by the way, by Justin Lookadoo. That was the book that I was thinking of earlier. Yeah, I know that book. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Everyone in my youth group read that <laughs> but, but no, like, what, were they going to start Trey Burke? Was it DeLon Wright? Uh, who would it be? At the be- so I was listening to the game uh, on ESPN radio and as I was driving back and Chuck Cooperstein announced that Trey Burke was starting. He went through the whole starting lineup and he does the whole thing where he's like starting at guard six, eight, you know, from Slovenia, Luka Doncic, you know, he does that whole thing. And yeah. then he goes, Trey Burke starting. And then as soon as the tip goes out, he goes, oh, looks like we have a late scratch and JJ Barea starting. So it somehow from the time that the starting lineup got handed to Chuck Cooperstein to when the game actually started, that got changed. Oh, the broadcast and everything. Broadcast showed showed Trey Burke. Um, the I mean, Mavericks Twitter had the graphic for Trey Burke, and then yeah, it goes up for tip. And Followell said the same thing right at tip off. He's like, "Whoa, JJ Barea, late scratch for Burke there." And so yeah, Barea in, ends up playing only 13 minutes in the entire game. He pl- plays a stint in the beginning of the first quarter, <laughs> then he starts the second quarter. Uh, I mean, the third quarter uh, with the starters again, and so he plays 13 total mi- minutes. Scores one point minus ten. Gets the classic uh, quadruple uno. One point, one <laughs> rebound, one assist, one steal. But I wonder if this start for JJ was more about the third quarter than it was the first, in the sense that like Rick always starts his his starters, you know, in the third quarter 
you know, it coming out of this, you know, the halftime. Yeah, most just teams like do. the first half. So it's like, hey, I wonder if it was a thing of, hey, let's throw JJ in there. We know we've been sucking in third quarters, and he might give us, you know, what, five to six minutes at the beginning of the third quarter, another, you know, kind of creator a little bit, some vet experience to where if the, it starts to get out of hand, like just a calming factor to the third quarter. I, I think, in my opinion, I think that could have been it. it. It was Rick's way of let's try to shake up the third quarter a little bit and have JJ out there a vet for the first, you know, handful of minutes of the third. And I think we talked about this a little bit. We talked about when are they going to play JJ Bray or if they're going to, especially in that third quarter against the Suns. I mean, that was definitely a situation where you would want um you would want to have just a little bit of a scoring punch and maybe JJ could provide that. I don't think the answer is playing JJ with Luca. Anytime you take the ball out of Luca's hands, you're just giving away points. It feels like, yeah, I'm not uh, saying it worked. I'm just saying yeah. that I think that the coaches are thinking, the, yeah, the, the reasoning behind it. And the, yeah, it was def there was definitely some, um, struggling times about it. I don't, <laughs> it's hard to talk about JJ. I mean, JJ's 30. I just want to say that JJ's 36 years old. It's like, whatever you get out of JJ, he's 36 years old, five foot 10, whatever you get out of him at this point, like you just be happy about it. No one's expecting him to be this, you know, 2011 type, you know, contribution to the team, <laughs> but I can't, it's hard for me to talk about him in a, he didn't help the team because I just love him so much. Right. And we can, I think we can be respectful still and say that he was not good. <laughs> right. Okay. I think, we, I think we can still do that. I mean, it's, it's now or never right for the Mavericks. These are games that, you know, by and large don't really count that much, but they do count. And then the playoffs are going to count. And so the Mavericks need to put players out there that are not just, um, you know, sentimental, right? So we can't have sentiment when talking about yeah. them. You know, we love JJ. You want to put him, you want to retire his jersey. Mark Cuban doesn't want to. Uh, he said that on this podcast. But JJ Brea, he was, you know, they, they tried it. They at least tried it. And we just wanted to mention that, that they tried starting him. It didn't seem to work. They were not, they did not play well in the first quarter. And then uh, I think in the third quarter as well, they started giving, yeah, they, they started giving back the lead that they took back at the end of the second as well. So uh, that, that experiment didn't work. Uh, I just don't think the answer is playing him with Luca. I think maybe if you play him in that bench role when it's just that lineup with just KP out there and not Luca, I feel like maybe that time it could work a little bit better. But it doesn't seem like Carlisle wants to do that because this is the first time we've seen JJ play in these three, you know, bubble games that matter. Yeah, and I mean, we still don't know. I mean, assuming when Seth comes back, Seth will just lock that spot down, and JJ yeah. will go back to just chilling for the most part. But I think it was just a it was a thing Rick wanted to try, and the third quarter still was a struggle. Offense as a total in this game was just a struggle. I mean, they scored forty two points in the first quarter against the Houston Rockets, you know, a few a few days ago, and then dang, in this game they hit forty three points with like four or five minutes to go in the second quarter. <laughs> he scored thirty nine points in the second half. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it, it was just a it was a weird thing to where. And I think this goes to the overall picture of the game of if as a Mavericks player, fan, anybody in an organization, you know how good they are offensively and but also shows the versatility of how they can win games, because I think in everybody's mind, it's like, well, crap, man, if the Mavericks don't hit shots, if yeah, they, if don't, they hit don't hit threes, threes they're, they're going to suck and there's no way they'll ever win. I'm not saying I'm like overly confident coming out of this game, but they shot 22% from three, nine of 41 from three in this game, 36% from the field, 33 of 90 from the field, and they still won the game. And we'll talk about Luca more and just everything about Luca is crazy. But 
the fact that they can win like a dogfight, like weird. They played a horrible game, game shooting wise. Lucas said we played the worst game and still end up winning. <laughs> exactly. So I think that's a huge takeaway, and I think it's a huge confidence thing for this team moving forward, knowing that even if our shots ain't going down, they they don't they they're not going to slump their shoulders and be like, well, we can't win when our shots don't go down. Damn, they got this game in the back of their heads of like, yeah, we can still win games even if our shots not going down. Yeah, so uh, the end of the game, by the way, the Mavericks did end up winning. They won in overtime. Uh, They ended with, uh, man, some weird stuff towards the end. So Porzingis ends up fouling out. Then Rashawn Holmes fouls out with like less than two minutes to go for the uh, for the Kings. It was like this weird trade off where you got like, oh, dang, Porzingis fouled out. But all right, you get this, you know, they're both BS foul calls. (laughs) So it's like the the refs kind of gave them a. uh, you know, uh, a makeup call sort of on the other end. Like, oh, dang it. We fouled your your second best guy out. We'll foul out there like fifth best guy. Uh, then we had uh, Maxi had a massive chase down uh, block to 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 keep the the, uh, the tie score with 45 seconds left. And then with 30 seconds left, De- DeLon Wright had a drive at the basket. And if this goes in, the Mavericks win in regulation. But instead of passing to Maxi, who was right next to him, he went up for the layup, didn't make it, uh, and he was he had to turn the corner. It was a weird like scoop shot. He didn't make it. Uh, ends up tie score. They go to overtime. Uh, in overtime, though, um, we had Luca, Hardaway, Dorian, and Maxi all made a field goal, and Luca, Tim, Dorian, and Trey Burke all made free throws. So they spread it out a little bit. Uh, all those guys were making shots, and the whole team just came together, and they ended up, you know, winning that overtime, nineteen to fifteen, and ended up icing the game with Luca's twenty-three bound, and then Trey Burke hits two free throws at the end to just really ice the game. We also had another situation where the Mavericks were up seven with forty-five seconds left. <laughs> And oh. it, gave, it gave me a little PTSD. I was like, oh, dang, this is uh, the same thing that happened in the Rockets game. So coming up, let's get into more about Luca's play. He had an incredible game. I can't believe we haven't even mentioned the stat line yet, but we'll talk about that. We'll also hear from Rick Carlisle what he thought about their execution in the fourth quarter. All right, Isaac, everybody continue listening to the podcast. We appreciate you subscribe wherever you get your podcast and we'll do a post game every single game, just like we are doing right now. Isaac, Luka Doncic, 34 points, 20 boards, 12 assists. The only other player to do something like that this year is is Nikola Jokic, which is wild. What an incredible stat line from Luka. He also uh, went 12 of 24 from the field. That's 50%. 8 of 11 from from free throw line and then 2 of 6 from 3. Man, he was just all over the place tonight. Four offensive rebounds as well on top of that. Uh, What did you think about Luka Doncic and that incredible stat line? Uh, I think it's a top three overall game of Luka's career so far. Uh, I think think it's that big of a game. I think from... Complete game. Yeah, complete game. And I mean, I, I, I tweeted in the um, overtime and I, I said, Luca, I think Lucas played really good defense in overtime. And all these Mavs fans came after me like the whole game. He's yeah, played yeah. defense. Good. Same. I'm like, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I agree. It's a whole game. I was just pointing out overtime. And I I'd honestly think this is one of Lucas best defensive games. This is coming from two guys uh, and Nick and myself that have watched 
every NBA game of Lucas. Every career. game of Lucas' career, NBA, <laughs> and, preseason, <laughs> summer league. Yeah, all and it's like I, I honestly think this is one of his best uh, defensive performances. I, I, I mean, even there was a play even on in the fourth end of the fourth quarter or somewhere through there to where he got switched off on Fox and Fox shot to do yeah. this like jab down the baseline. He didn't fall for it. like he was in his face. Did this like you know fadeaway shot in Lucas' face. Great defense. Stay grounded. I thought that that was important, yeah. which is you know it's not super hard for Luca to stay grounded, uh, especially when he's trying to dunk down the lane. We I think everybody Ooh. saw that highlight. Whereas, you know, I think the Kings announcer said his tire blew out, but uh, he stayed grounded on defense as well. Just stayed in front of guys, used his size, and he was able to grab rebounds over the top of people. And I think that's just huge, which is why he has a uh, he has some kind of defensive potential. Whereas, like yeah. you know, when we talk about guys like Trey Young or that, they just don't they just don't have it, right? It's just no, not there. So Luca has a little bit of it, and. I think this game today, I get the, I get it's the Kings. I get that 100%. Yeah. But what Luka did today, KP fouls out towards the end of the fourth quarter. Kings have been winning almost the entire game. The Mavericks are shooting horrific from not just the field, but three-pointer also. And not really anybody. Like, Tim had a really good game. He had 22 points. I shouldn't say really good. Well, it was a good game. It was a good points. game. 22 points, five boards, six of 14 from the field. He hit seven of his eight free throws, uh, three of nine from three, it's 33%. But yeah, I think that was a good game from Tim. Played 42 yeah. minutes. Good game from Tim. Mavericks had just lost their first two seeding games. It was a clutch game again. They were down to the Kings. So much stuff that were kind of going against the Mavericks in that, in that situation when KP fouls out. And... Luca did what a top 10 MVP candidate player does. And he, it felt like today's win was Luca willing it to happen. And Luca was driving, Luca was making everything. And it honestly felt like Luca would just refuse for them to lose. And yeah. that's the type of performances that puts Luca in these categories. If you're in that camp and you've like questioned whether Luca's on that level of a top five, top six player, anything like that, then y'all can't watch the game today because it's those type of games. If you watch the entire game and see everything that's on the table for not going right for the Mavs and Luca felt like he put the team on his back and said we will not lose this game and that I I yeah, I think overall this one of Luca's best performances of his career. Mavericks shot 36% from the floor, 22% from 3. They were 9 of 41 from 3. And Luca still had 12 assists. <laughs> you know, like it's stuff like that where he's I mean he's just creating all these shots for them like, you know, they only hit 33 field goals. Luca hit 12 of them and then he had 12 assists. So do the math, right? Like that's only how many more? That's only nine more field goals that didn't get generated by Luca. That's pretty wild to, to think Dorian, about that stat. Dorian, Tim Hardaway and Porzingis combined to miss 19 three pointers. How many of those came off from assist or potential assists from Luca? Like Luca could have had a, a way more than 12 assists if some of these, you know, corner threes, whatever. I mean, even Maxi, Maxi, Maxi missed three, but Maxi's one three that he did hit came you know, in that Huge, overtime. Yeah. It was almost kind of, you know, the dagger for, for the Mavs in that game. So. I thought I think the role players definitely helped in this game too. I mean, everything's going to be talked about Luca, and rightfully so because the stat line was insane. But I thought Dorian had a great ending to the game defensively, some boards and stuff. And Huge, sixteen points, sixteen boards for Dorian Finney-Smith. He was only one of seven from three, but six offensive rebounds. Uh, he was he was seven of nine from the free throw line. Like that was a that's a big game from Dorian. He didn't shoot well, but Luca said it afterwards. He doesn't always get the statistics and the box scores, but he's going to 
show up in a way. And I mean, 16 and 16, that's a huge game for, especially for a wing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we, you already mentioned, uh, Tim's scoring line with that. Um, I thought Maxi at times, um, played a little bit, you know, Maxi and Dorian's just struggled the first two games of these seeding games. Yeah. And I mean, Tim kind of too, but, uh, it was just it, another thing there to where KP, you know, he only had 22 points in this game, but he, he missed all seven of his threes. Yeah. And he only played 27 minutes cause he fouled out. Yeah, so so they needed those guys to step up some. This is what we've been waiting on. KP and Luke has been delivering, and we haven't doubted that. It's just we've been waiting for some of these other guys, the Dorian Maxis, Tims, to step in. Seth obviously didn't play in this game, and to see a couple of those guys step up, that that's huge for this team. All right, let's hear from Rick Carlisle talking about how the Mavericks executed in crunch time and finally won a clutch game. Well, I believe we had seven stops in a row to end regulation, which was huge. And we, the guys really just... They, it was a guts win. I mean, um, their collective will to win the game was uh, as strong as I've seen all year. And we've had a lot of good wins, but this was really, really special because we were up against it the whole night. Uh, we were down 10 at the end of the first, uh, played better in the second, third quarter, not so great. Uh, third, we had, the fourth, we had a hold to 13 points to, to get to overtime. And, and we had, you know, we had, pretty good looks during the game and you know we miss miss a lot of open shots and then we miss some layups but everybody just kept hanging in and so um really a well-deserved win for our guys uh really happy for them and let's hear from carlisle talking about how the mavericks are kind of locked into that seventh seed and what he thinks about the rest of these games we want to get better i mean look we we want to we want to win games here um you know we had we had rough luck in the in the first couple. This one was uh, was a great one. Um, you know, the next game against the Clippers is you know is, is a very tough game and you know possible you know playoff matchup and stuff like that. Um, but you know, look, we held Seth Curry out today because you know his, his leg is bothering him a little bit. Um, hopefully, he'll be okay for Thursday. We'll look at everybody medically on a, on a game-to-game basis. And, you know, we're, we're not going to take any risks um, medically. Um, we're going to try to, you know, get ourselves ready to play in the playoffs. But we, want, we do want to win games here. We, we feel it's really important to do that. So I think it was important in the first clip he said they got seven stops to end the game. I thought the Mavericks defense more than their offense showed up in this game. And yes, it was against the Kings, but you know, they still showed up defensively and that's what they've needed to do in these last two games to show up a little bit defensively. And if they show up just, you know, what are they just seven stops in a row? That's all you need to get, you know, to go to overtime and then to, you know, to win in overtime. And so much of it was effort. I felt like they were just trying so hard defensively. I was getting, I think I got more hyped up over those defensive possessions than I did for anything offensive <laughs> that happened in the game for Dallas and just see stop after stop. And, you know, not just from guys who are really good on defense like Dorian, but Luca too. And seeing the, the chase down block that Maxi had and just seeing these defensive possessions, I was getting super hyped. Absolutely. And then you alluded to it earlier. Rick Carlisle said in that second clip, he said, we're going to try to win games, but we're not going to put it ahead of of health and, you know, physical um, anything that 
these players are dealing with, which is why they held out Seth Curry in this game. And they just called it right, right leg soreness. So it wasn't even, you know, a sprain or an injury or anything like that. They just held him out. Basically load management, right? That's what they did with, with Seth Curry because of that injury. We think he could have played if the Mavericks really needed this game. Uh, what do you think about that mentality going into the rest of these bubble games? Yeah. I, yeah. Just that, Hey, Rick, y'all just heard Rick say, we're going to evaluate all these guys medically over the, over these next, you know, what week or handful of games, because the main thing for, I think every team, not just the Mavericks is going into the playoffs healthy. And especially once some of these teams lock in, you look at like the Lakers who locked in the number one seed. They don't really, besides just like getting their feet back and just chemistry and everything like that. Getting Danny Green's shot to go in at least once. (laughs) They don't have anything to play for, for the most part. So will LeBron rest sometime over these next, what, five games for them or whatever it is. So uh, I think we could see, I mean, uh, Rick, you know, was talking about Dorian and saying that Dorian had been uh, struggling with the hip a little bit over these past couple of games and his seeding games. And that I think could speak into maybe his play struggling a little bit bit too so shooting for you know, sure will, will they look at you know will, will they look at dorian and say hey this coming game is the clippers or an upcoming game somewhere will they give dorian a day off from that game maybe and so i i think it's stuff because i mean we we all know we're going to need dorian more in the playoffs than sometime with these next seeding games so I, I think that's the thing to keep in mind especially the back half of the seeding games those final four games of if dallas chooses to set a few of these players and the health is the main thing coming out of this absolutely so mavericks their next game they're gonna play uh against the clippers clippers that is on thursday so that's tomorrow if you're listening to this on wednesday clippers huge massive huge game for the mavericks hopefully the clippers play and play all their guys it seems like they have been in all these games even against the the suns on tuesday so hopefully we'll get to see what this mavericks team looks like against the clippers i think this mavericks team is really going to get up for this game they're still a young team that gets up for teams that you know are good like the rockets and then they'll sort of not really get up for teams like the kings you know in this game so uh, i'm expect to see a really intense mavericks game definitely make it a point to watch that game and then stick with us right afterwards we'll have a post game podcast just like this one guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps Peace out. Boom.